highest of heights to the depths of the sea. Jesus said in verse 7, He said to them again, Assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. And if you remember, in the Gospel of John, there were a total of seven I am statements. And in this chapter alone, in chapter 10, we're going to see the third and the fourth one. The first one is, I am the door. I am the door of the sheep. Jesus, ascribing deity to himself, I am the door of the sheep. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. In this lesson, Jesus uses another picture of sheep farming in his time. Out in the pasture lands for sheep, pens were made with only one entrance. The door for those sheep pens was the shepherd himself. He laid his body across the entrance to keep the sheep in and to keep out the wolves. The shepherd was in fact the door of protection. Jesus is our door and our protection, our good shepherd. He tells us in John chapter 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now here's Pastor Rob. Right? But even Jesus, he didn't come to be served. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus, as the good shepherd, laid down his life for each of us. And when Jesus comes back at his second coming, We looked at this months ago when we were in the last part of Revelation. When Jesus returns in his second coming, notice who's leading and who's following. What does it say in Revelation? I saw in heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And I think of horses now, and I think of those Border Patrol guys. Love that. It looked like a Marlboro commercial. Sorry to say that, but you know, you see them out there and the necks of the horses and the guys are reaching down, you know, and it just, uh, it looked very um, iconic. But when Jesus returns, he's coming back on a white horse. And his name is Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war, and his eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And notice the armies in heaven, clothed in heaven, clothed in fine linen, excuse me. Yeah, clothed in heaven, clothed with heaven. That's pretty good. Yeah. White and clean, they followed him on white horses. They followed him on white horses. He's the shepherd. Even when he returns, he comes, we follow. I like that. Do you follow Jesus? Are you following him? Are you following your own plan? Are you following somebody else? I want to encourage you to follow Jesus. It's the only safe thing. It's the only blessed way. Narrow is the way 
Narrow is the gate. Narrow and difficult it is, but oh, you're going to be blessed. And if you're on that path already, don't give up. Don't be discouraged. You keep staying on that path. He's the one who keeps you on the path. You abide in him and he will keep you on that path. Even when you're distraught and discouraged and angry and confused and frustrated, you just stay on the path. You just stay on the path. Abide in him. And our text says, yet, verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. If I walked up to that group of, of sheep when we were in Bethlehem, if the shepherd sat down and I started making noises, and I've actually seen this happen, you know, someone thinks, well, I can get the sheep, the sheep attention, right? So uh, someone else will start making, you know, clicking their fingers or making some noise. The sheep look at them and go, who are you? You don't feed us. You don't take the, you know, you don't put the medicine around my eyes. You don't pick the ticks and the fleas off me. You don't shorn me when it's hot. Who are you? What have you done for me lately? The sheep looks at you like, who are you? I'm not going to listen to you. I've got a shepherd who cares for me. Why am I why do I, I'm wasting my time? You're wasting my time. And that's the way a sheep is. That's the way we should be. As believers, we shouldn't follow the voice of strangers. But as a true believer, we should follow Christ. It's interesting that when we abide in Him, in Christ, and we are daily in the Word, daily in prayer, daily reading the Word, that when you hear false doctrine, when you hear false teaching, it sticks out, doesn't it? It sticks out. You know the voice of your Savior. You know the voice of God. The voice of God is never going to go against His Word. It's going to be right in line with it. So if you are hearing a voice in your head that says, no, it's okay to do this wrong thing, whatever it is, you can know that that's not the voice of God. If it violates the Word of God, it is not of God. I don't care how holy the circumstance may be. You could be standing in a pool of holy water with uh, the crucifix hanging around your neck. I don't care what it is. If, If that voice is encouraging you to do anything but what is revealed here in the Word of God, then it is not the voice of God, period. And how did Abraham do it? He knew the voice of God. You know what really startles me? is in Genesis 22. Remember, he took Isaac, his only begotten son, his only son, and God told him prior to this in chapters before, the many promises that God had given to him that through his seed, all the nations of the world would be blessed. In his seed, and Isaac was the only one at that time. The only chosen one at the time. He says, through Isaac. And then he gives him that promise, and then he tells him, in Genesis 22, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, which is the temple area today in, in Jerusalem. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him, offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. Are you kidding me? Abraham knew that this was the custom of the pagan nations around them. In fact, that's the reason why God would bring judgment upon those pagan nations, because they would sacrifice human beings on the altar to their false gods. And now, God, you're telling me this? The thing that blows me away is that he knew it was God's voice, and yet God was testing him. God says, I want you to take your only son and go sacrifice him on an altar for a burnt offering. I'll show it to you when you get there. And Abraham knew the voice of God enough to say, 
I know that that's, that's his voice. I know because I've heard it many times. I don't understand it. God, you must be up to something. But I'm going to be obedient to you because I know that voice. That voice is the same one that brought me out of Ur of the Chaldees. That's the same voice that brought me to Haran and brought me from Haran all the way down into the land of Canaan. I know that voice because the relationship is there. The voice. I recognize the voice. And he did it. He did it. I don't know that I could have done it. This passage brings me to the end of myself. It does. It brings me to tears. Think of if God asked you to do that. You'd better be confident that that's God's voice. But Abraham was. Why? Because he had the relationship, a long relationship with God. He knew the voice. And the shepherd, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Abraham knew the voice of God, didn't disobey him, but rather obeyed him. And when you listen and obey the Lord, listen, you are not going to be a friend of the world. In fact, in John 15, it says this, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Hey, listen, the world loves it when a Christian goes to their side. When a pastor or a teacher in the Christian church all of a sudden embraces homosexuality and say, it's okay, it's it's love after all. No. It's not us, up to us to define what love is. God told us what love is. He also told us what marriage is. And we better obey that. Otherwise, we will suffer judgment. And there are people all around us that are listening to that voice. And unfortunately, a false shepherd saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's love. No, you don't have the right to define love and you don't have the right to define marriage. It's all written for us. It's right. And you know what in your heart? You know what in your heart, don't you? I don't know, do you? Yeah, yeah, we do. In John 17, he says, I have given them your word, the Lord speaks to Jehovah, his Father, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. That's what this is. That's what sanctification is. I read this and I appropriate it into my own life. I, I read it and I listen to it. I obey it. That's what I've got to do. And I not only do it for myself, but I do it for my family. I obey what's in here, hopefully. And believe me, I've made a lot of mistakes. Can anybody attest to making mistakes? I make mistakes. But hopefully we learn from them and go on, right? We must do that. In 1 Corinthians 2, it says, Now we have received, Paul tells them, not the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is embracing all of these things. But the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words. 
which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Notice, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. I was that man before I came to Christ. People told me all the time about Christ and told me all about these things. They meant nothing to me. It's foolishness to me. Until God opened my heart and my mind. The miracle of miracles. I don't know how that happened. I don't think I had anything to do with it. I'm sure of it. Why is it? How is it that I can be in gross sin and error, and then the next minute, the, the, the Lord comes upon me by His Spirit, and I know that I'm a sinner. I've sinned, and I know that I've been forgiven. How is that possible? It is such a mystery, such a wonderful mystery. I don't even try to figure it out because I can't. I, had nothing, I felt like I had nothing to do with it. How glad are you are to be saved today? I'm so glad that I'm in the fold. Are you glad you're in the fold where there's boundaries? I'm not only being, I'm not only, I'm being protected from the outside and I'm being loved on the inside. I'm being cared for. I love that. In Matthew 13, it's interesting because, remember, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees at this point. And he's bringing great conviction upon them because they thought that they saw. They thought that they were spiritually enlightened, that they saw spiritual things and were involved in spiritual things. And Jesus, in Matthew 13, he quotes Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. He says, therefore, I spoke to them in parables. And he's speaking one to them now. Metaphorically, he's speaking, I am the shepherd, I am the door, I am the, I am the good shepherd. He's speaking to them in parables. Why? I spoke to them in parables because seeing they do not see, and hearing they don't hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes have been closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn that I should heal them. God wanted to heal them, but they turned off the spigot. They turned off the spout where the blessings come out. Do you want to be under the spigot where the blessings come out? I do. I want to stand right in the center of it. Remember when you were kids and the rain was coming down and you went under the awning that was broken on the side of your house? And the rain was just gushing out of that and just coming down like a torrent. And the lightning is bolting all around. You're like, <laughs> you, know, you're, you know, your parents are screaming, what are you doing out there? And you're standing there underneath this fountain that's just blasting you. I want to be under that fountain of God where the blessings come out. And I want to make sure that thing's wide open. I don't want to turn the lever and, and, and cut it off. I want it all. Do you want it all? Do you want all that God has for you? He loves you. He wants to bless you. He doesn't want to restrict you. He doesn't want to take your freedom away. Actually, he wants to give you freedom. And true freedom is abiding in him. True freedom is being within his fold. As a sheep, I'm so happy to be in the fold. Jesus said in verse 7, he said to them again, Assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. And if you remember... In the Gospel of John, there were a total of seven I am statements. And in this chapter alone, in chapter 10, we're going to see the third and the fourth one. The first one is, I am the door. 
I am the door of the sheep. Jesus, ascribing deity to himself, I am the door of the sheep. And then he's going to say in verse 11 and in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And here he is, I am the door. There's only one way in and one way out, and it's through me. There's no other way. The wall is too high. And when you go to Israel today, you see the remnants of these things. Even in Israel today, you look out in the field as we're traveling around the bus, and you'll see these rock piles about that high. Some are like that, some are like that. And the conies, those little rock badgers, are all over in those places hiding. And you see them, little cute, they look like little uh, like groundhogs, but they look like uh, a cross between a demon and a groundhog. I don't know how to... But, but they... But they're all in there. But they're all over the place. These, these rock formations. These old pens. Verse 8, And whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Did not hear them. When anyone or anyone, when, when, whether it's us or anyone else, tries to enter the kingdom of God except through Christ, that person is a thief and a robber. They will not be permitted entrance. And the thieves and the robbers at this time were the scribes and the Pharisees, the false religious leaders. They were to be the ones who were to be telling them and encouraging them, but instead, they were the problem. And God seems to deal with religious people who are in, a, in, in places of authority. To whom much is given, much is required, right? So it's important that whoever it is that's standing and speaking, and this is really, uh, uh, fingers pointing right at me too, how important it is then to tell the truth. To tell the truth. Jesus said, verse 9, I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Notice. If anyone enters by me, notice, he didn't say, if anyone enters by Muhammad, if anyone enters by Buddha, if anyone enters by Charles Taz Russell, if anyone enters by Brigham Young, whoever it may be, no, no, no. If anyone enters by me, they will be saved. And what am I saying? Those people who are in those uh, other cults, are are they, right now, are they um, in a bad place? Absolutely. They are in a bad place. But God loves them too. He wants them to come to his fold. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. He doesn't think like you and I do. It's not just some club. And if you're not part of our club, well, we're just, we'll treat you horribly. No, even if you're not part of our club, <laughs> hey, listen, you need to come to Christ. It doesn't matter what you're from. It doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat or Independent. It doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're formerly gay, whether you're whatever it may be. You come and you be changed along with us. We're being changed. Even as we sit here this morning, we're being changed as we read the Word of God. Amen? I love it. Don't you love it? It's just melting my heart. And it's just conforming me to the image of Jesus. Only through the door... I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Let's read uh, the next verse, and then we'll stop there, because when we get to verse 11, we'll pick up there next week. But notice, in verse 10, continuing on, he says, The thief, 
He doesn't come except to steal and to kill and to, and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life, that they may have life more abundant. More abundant. See, that's what God wants for us. He wants life. He wants to give us life. Let's stand together. I want you to know how much the Lord loves you. And some of you have been going through untold difficulties, health issues, things going on in your family, things, pressures even currently with the whole mandate and the job loss and the fear of losing your livelihood over something that's 99.8 survival rate. doesn't make sense, does it? But some of you are, are racked with these things and, you, and you're, everything is being put up on its end. But I want you to know today that God knows what you're going through. And he cares about what you're going through. And it breaks his heart to see his people, like sheep, we all are, nervous, anxious. What did it tell us in Psalm 23? He leads us by the, you know, beside the, beside the, the pastures of green and beside the still waters. And I think even in spite of the turmoil that you may be feeling, you may be going through, I would encourage you to get alone with the Lord and let him restore to you the joy again. Let him restore to you and remove the angst and the frustration and all the anger because I, for one, have been so angry. I really need to let go of it because it's, it's really harming me. I'm hurt. Just like you. I need the shepherd. The great and the good shepherd of the sheep. To come and soften my heart again. And to restore to me the joy again. And I pray that he'll do the same for you. You are loved. And you will always be loved, regardless of what you're going through. Know that he cares. Reach out to him. Get in that quiet place and be restored. And be refreshed. Be renewed and, and encouraged again. Father, how we thank you for this morning. Thank you that you are the good shepherd, Lord. Lead us, Jesus. And everything that we go through, Lord, and we know that you've been leading and we pray you continue to lead us. Lead us in places we've never been before. And right now, Lord, we are in uncharted territory. We've been in uncharted territory for a year and a half, almost two years now. We need you, Lord. Would you please come? Come and rescue the bride of Christ. And rescue those who, at this moment, are still resisting you, still on the outside of the fold, resisting. Lord, how we pray that you would come and rescue, and restore and renew us in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.